the supernatural as something that isn't supposed to happen. AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. We're all here tonight broadcasting live on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, also on WBSM.com, and you can listen to us the good old-fashioned way on AM 1420 WBSM. Having a little bit of a trouble with Spooky TV tonight. Well, I mean, yeah, we have to have trouble with Spooky TV. It's, it's kind of our thing. And so uh, if you need to listen to the audio while you're watching that via WBSM or via SpookySouthCoast.com, you can get the WBSM.com audio feed. And just use that. That's what I would suggest doing because uh, we're having some audio issues that way. So uh, the, if you are listening uh, online again uh, and you want to see the video, you can do that by going to SpookySouthCoast.com slash SpookyTV. And really, I mean, we've got, wh- what, one out of four cameras working, Matt? Uh, we have two. Two? We That's two good. Cameras, so. That's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, we'll, I guess I'll, I, should I just assume that I'm always on camera tonight? Uh, yeah. So no, no, uh, no nose picking. None, none of that. Okay. Well, we are here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And uh, we are very excited about tonight's topic because it's getting a lot of buzz online. I've been posting up a few Facebook postings and some tweets uh, discussing this. This came about because uh, we were making plans this week for the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair, which is happening next Sunday. September 22nd at the Seaport Inn and Marina here in Fairhaven. And as we're making all these plans for it, I realized, you know, there's so many conventions going on. And we see all these, uh, you know, these different posts from our friends who are out traveling around the country. You know, guys like Jeff Belandrew who go to a ton of these things and are booked solid September and all of October and into November and December. So there's a lot of these going on. And a lot of the fans out there, people who are interested in the paranormal, as well as people who are in the field, all go to these conventions. And it got me thinking because it's a cottage industry. People can make a pretty good living just going to these things and either selling items or or if they are a, a quote-unquote celebrity, they can do make a pretty good existence for themselves by just going to these events. So it, it got me thinking about, is this any different than any other field that's out there? And Moniz, we were talking about this uh, off the air before we came on the air, and you had mentioned you know, a plumbing convention. Yeah. A plumbing convention where a bunch of plumbers get together and they learn about the latest innovations in plumbing and they learn about some different techniques and they network with each other and they, you know, all these different things that would go on there. You know, that's great. And those happen a lot. I can't imagine, though, that there's a whole bunch of people who are plumbing fans who go to these things and, and want to meet the plumbers. And, uh, and I'm not talking about those two plumbers, but they don't, you know, they don't, they don't go there with the intention of rubbing elbows with famous plumbers so it just seems to me like there's a lot of your station for the south coast am 1420 wbsm and that's out of the way so uh when we look at the paranormal conventions it's almost like they're one part trying to be uh, i don't want to say an academic gathering but they kind of want to be a serious business gathering combined with a comic-con type atmosphere 
a, a sci-fi convention type atmosphere where it's for the fans. And I'm wondering how well can you mix the two and have them work? You've gone to some of these monies when you've traveled I've around. I've been to plenty of them. And, and what what do you see when you go out there and you go to these things? What kind of do you see a balance between them, or does it start to become too heavy? Probably more heavy on the the fan interaction side, I would think. Well, it, it has to do more with what the uh, promoter is setting up. I I, th- I think both both camps get stuff out of each. There are some people that go there just to specifically listen to what the people there have to say. You know, the the people serious about hearing, you know, the work that's done and the methodologies that the people use. They use it as an educational tool. And then you have, you know, your typical quote-unquote fanboys that are there, you know, just because this person's on TV and it's glamorous and, you know, they, they're, they're getting a chance to see, you know— uh, a hero of theirs that's on in the limelight, so to speak, and hoping some of that rubs off. It, you know, and I appreciate the fact that uh, the people who are in the field and on television, the people who are in the celebrity end of things with the paranormal, they do remain so accessible, and they do remain so, uh, for the most part, I mean, most of the ones that we've interacted with and dealt with are pretty humble. And they seem to have remembered that uh, the only difference between where they're at and where other people in the field are at are, you know, 8, 16, 32 episodes of a television series. Yep. And there's really uh, no differentiation between the two. And I, I can tell you, you know, we've been working on some TV stuff over over the last we, year or so. And we've been working on many TV things over the years. And I'll tell you that in terms of paranormal work, you know the workload in the paranormal. I have more respect for some of our friends who are out there uh, and and busting their butts every weekend, going out and not making any money, costing themselves money, uh, going out and investigating. And sometimes I I wonder, you know, what you know, what's your end game? At what point are you going to say, okay, I know what's going on? I, I know that a lot of people want to do it to help other people uh, as well, but you know, I have more respect for them because they're the ones that are out there actually practicing it whereas guys like us something to lose quite literally right but with us you know we get to kind of just sit back and and for some reason or another we've reached the point where we can just kind of uh you know comment on it instead and that's kind of where our situation comes from i'm getting a a call here but it's not showing up on the phones but uh 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 those are the numbers if you want to call in at any point and chime in during the show uh, and we welcome that because a lot of you out there who are listening you've been to these conventions maybe you go there maybe you are one of the quote-unquote names that are at these conventions or maybe you're just a fan who goes there maybe you're just uh you know one of the grunts out in the field one of the investigators who are out there getting their hands dirty every weekend and you go to these things for a chance to network so there's uh there's all these different avenues and different reasons why people go to these events now the south coast paranormal and psychic fair uh that is probably a little bit more of a a tamed down version of some of these because when you go there there's some vendors who have some items to offer uh there's also going to be you know some celebrities there we're going to have amy bruni from ghost hunters she'll be there jeff belanger from ghost adventures in 30 odd minutes he'll be there as well and also we'll have joe chin who is on ghost hunters international and, and regular ghost hunters and but the idea behind this is it's a chance for a bunch of groups to get together and really network that's what it's all about it's a, a chance for them to put themselves out there for the local folks to come through and say, oh, I didn't realize that there's such a community in this area. Yeah, it's 
it's a little bit different than some of these other things that are open up to, you know, a general public and audience. Whereas right. Well, this, this, I mean, this is open to the general right, public too. But, but, but the design of this is uh, set up. To it's burn. intentionally low key. Yeah. It's a ten dollar admission as opposed to some of these other conventions where it's a thirty, forty, a hundred, eighty, yeah. you know, whatever it costs you to get in there per day. And the the difference with this is, you know, if if you go in there, there's not going to be a forty five minute wait line. I don't think to meet Amy Bruni. You know, you're going to have a chance to just walk up to the table and say hi to her and, and you know, pay whatever it costs to get a picture taken with her and get her autograph and all that kind of stuff. And it's not going to be one of these massive events. I mean, I'm sure that Steve, the organizer, would love for it to be one of those type of massive events. But that's where the charm is in this because it can be kind of some of the best of what these things are designed to be. I don't go to them. It's not that I wouldn't go to them. But I just don't see the, the value uh, a lot of the times other than the socialization factor. And that's what I think a lot of people are going to these for. And you see all these posts. And I'm not knocking anybody uh, for doing this. But you see a lot of this. I can't wait to go out and hang out with my para family this weekend. You know, well, that shows me that that's where your mindset is for where, why you're going to these. You're going to them for the social aspect of it. A lot of times being a paranormal investigator can be a somewhat lonely or secluded existence. You're giving up a lot of your free time and maybe spending it with the same four or five, maybe ten at the most people that are in your group. So you're not really getting the chance to hobnob and, and, and share ideas and thoughts with other people. But there's so many horror stories, and I don't mean that like in a way like you would yeah. want for, to come out of a ghost ghost convention. But there's so many stories that you hear uh, about things that aren't what you wanted when you went to these events, and uh, there's whether it be the groupie aspect of it, I guess we'll say, uh, uh, and and that happens. I mean, yeah, let, let's let's face it, that happens. And so there's a lot of uh, complaints about that. There's a lot of complaints about, you know, the celebrities who show up and, and don't want to interact. You know, a lot of them sometimes are just there to collect a paycheck. You know, that's the way that it's perceived by some of the people that go. They're like, oh, I went there, but he didn't really interact with anybody. He sat at the table and you had to pay 15 bucks if you want to take a picture with him and all those kind of things. And so, the, you know, you hear a lot of these stories, but then you hear some really downright nasty stuff. You hear about people getting in other people's faces and accusing them of stealing things from each other and uh, all these horror stories. So I, I guess if you wanted to call in and share some of those, too, you could. 508 996 1420 but as a scientist, Moniz, now working in the scientific field, like, you know, the recognized scientific field, <laughs> I'm sure that you've gone to a number of yes, conventions I, yeah. in that regard, too. We have met where I work all the time. And, so, and, yeah. and how much of a difference is there between what you see in those events compared with uh, the Paracons that you've gone to? Believe it or not, there really isn't that really? much. Really? No, seriously. Um, scientists can be really, you know, googly people, too. You know, there's like... I really loved the work that this guy did and how that sure. this person, you know, and you, you get that kind of thing and, uh, they want to be associated with this person because this person had success in this avenue of things. Oh, I worked with this person doing this and that. So yeah, there is a lot of that same kind of thing going on in the scientific community. It's just that it, usually their stuff is a little bit more dry, uh, but, but the principle is the same, you know, the, you get people that idolize, other people, you know, maybe not so much like I said with the, you know, the plumbing convention sure. type of thing, but you get the point. Well, and I put this post up last night asking for some comments from people, and 
uh, I got about 40 responses, which is pretty good for you know a post that I put up asking for some uh, interaction for something about the show. But uh, we have someone here who said, you know, th- these things exist solely for groupies. Uh, you know, someone else who said uh, they exist to tell ghost stories and show off their latest high-tech flashlight. But other than that, not too much. Uh, Tina Storer, our friend from PXP who goes to a lot of these promoting paranormal expeditions, uh, she said she's personally seen it split down the middle. She's witnessed the disgusting ego groupies, but she loves going to network. She's met so many new people and has made so many friends and business associates because of these conventions. Uh, then uh, we have uh, some other comments here. Uh, I'm looking for ones that I can actually read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kira says you know, she wouldn't go for the advancement of the field. Well, she wouldn't go right into advancement of the field, but she'd have to agree with the networking factor. It's hard to find people with a like mind mm. when it comes to the paranormal. Uh, you know, And some of these people are saying that they wouldn't go. They'd stay away. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed is a, a phenomenon that happens as a result of these conventions is – we see what we call, uh, what I like to call the the evolution of the convention superstar. You know, where you aren't anybody. You're you're a nobody, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but you're just not a recognized name in the field. But if you go to enough of these things, you start to convince people that you're somebody. Yeah, and and you can. You, Is that kind of like guilt by association? In a well, certain no, because you're not. I mean, you're not really guilty of anything. I mean, it's it's promotion. Yes, you are. Well, it's self-promotion, and I mean, and that's what you got to do in, in any field. You have to self-promote uh, because you can't wait for somebody else to tell you that you're a success. You have to make yourself one. So, but you see the convention superstars. There's so many of them uh, that that are that are out there. It's people who have become famous for essentially pretending to be famous, and that's how it works. Because you go to these events and you convince people that you are a somebody, and then it goes from you having to just go to now you're being asked to go and you're being paid to go, and it gets to the point where now you're one of the featured guests and one of the featured speakers, and you've made yourself into somebody. Uh, when you know this might be the uh, the extent of your work in the paranormal field is just going to these conventions. Uh, one of the Previous guests that we had on the show a long time ago, and I, I won't name any names because I don't want to. Yeah. I, I don't want to put them down because they they're they're nice people and and well now I'm giving a little bit away because it was two people but uh, they were nice folks and they do a lot of these conventions and they do a lot in the field as well uh, but they made a comment on it that has always stuck with me and I think it's also tainted me to some degree why I haven't gone to a lot of these things. Uh, and this person said that you can't be anybody in the paranormal field if you don't go to these conventions. Moniz, agree or disagree? Uh, if that's what you're looking to be is somebody that's recognized, I would rather be recognized for the work I do, not for the hotel rooms I've you know left trashed after these events. So, yeah. you, so you you would agree in terms of if you. You, you can you can be a somebody in terms of doing the work without going to them, but you can't be maybe recognized for it. You know, the difference between being uh, the, the person who's on uh, the cover of Time magazine and the person who is just published in the New England Journal of Medicine right. is kind of the, the dichotomy there. Matt Costa, what do you think? Do you think that you know, you, do you need to go to one of these conventions to be a somebody? I mean, you've never gone to any, and you're a huge well, celebrity in the field. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I think uh, I guess if uh, if you want to be that person, if you want to promote yourself, and uh, you're going to have to go to these conventions, and you're going to have to um, 
Is that us? I, guess. I think so. You're on. I can hear you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there is some degree of promotion that is involved with yourself. I mean, I could sit home and write paranormal books. Not that I am able to, but I'm, I'm just saying you could sit home and write paranormal books all day. And if you don't distribute them, you don't promote them, then nobody's going to read them. Right. I and mean, what, what good is a, your work if no one gets to read it? Yeah, or, and that's, I mean, just as an example. To Moniz's point, too, I mean, you can be out there in the field doing the work, but does that work have an impact if nobody knows who you are out there doing the work? I mean, if, if how many people do we know who are out there as paranormal investigators that we know who they are, yeah. but nobody else knows who they are? And the the sad thing is, is they might be getting some of the best results for their work, but because they're not out there promoting, promoting it, yeah. you know, nobody really learns from what they're doing. And it's kind of, you know, you've learned and the person who's doing it has learned, but the community in general doesn't learn. So 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. What do you think? Do you think that you have to go to Paracons in order to be uh, an effective member of the paranormal community? Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hey, how's it going today, guys? Spooktacular, as we always say. What do you awesome. think? What do you think? What's that? What do you think about this whole thing? Well, you know, I've uh, you know, I've been I've been to a few of these uh, conferences. I've spoken at a few, and I've also been uh, I've even tried my hand at hosting them. And uh, you know, there's there's good and bad to everything. I think uh, you do have, as you guys were were talking about a little bit earlier, that you were you have the. Um, the, if you will, the groupy aspect of everything, but there's also an educational aspect. Um, I've always gone as uh, a way of trying to convey ideas, to try to broaden people's minds and, and educate. Um, however, I've seen people that, you know, they, they would go and get a table so that they can put all their paranormal awards on it and, show, and tell everybody who they've met. Oh, don't even get me started on the awards. I'm sure I will get on that by the end of the show. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, the, the awards is a whole different thing for me. You know, there's there's been a lot of things about that. In fact, I know somebody who got very upset because they got snubbed at an awards ceremony. But um, it, it, there's there's good and bad to everything is really what I'm getting to. I mean, there, there's – I think it's good to have these things that people can go to and they can broaden their minds and they can meet people. Like you said, they can meet their, their favorite celebrities, their – TV idols, uh, and then they can also listen to people talk and, and see tech demonstrations. Um, they can see, uh, they can talk to people about real real life experiences. They can talk about, um, they could open up to people that they might not otherwise open up to other people about, you know, certain things that they might be a little self-conscious about talking about experiences they've had. So it opens up a forum for them as well. I think it's, uh, I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty good thing to have. Well, in, in your experiences and the number of ones that you've been involved with, uh, would you say that both sides can be served by that? Or uh, does it get to the point where those who are just there as fans and those who are there kind of just to rub elbows can get in the way of those who are there to learn? Well, there, there's definitely um, – how do I put it? There, there, there definitely is a risk of um, losing some of the – I guess the best way to say it – it's going to sound awful, but some of the quality of some of the the lectures and demonstrations, because I have gone to I have gone to conferences where you know you'll get somebody up who's um, who is well known for a TV show or somebody who 
um, came out of nowhere that nobody knows their name, but they got a good agent and decided they were going to be a paranormal superstar, even though nobody knows who they are. I've seen them fill a room while you've got a very reputable uh, EVP specialist or a very reputable uh, scientific tech person or, or psychologist or, or something speaking against them, and they've got one or two people in their room. Uh, so there is an element of, of sometimes losing losing focus, I think, in a lot of cases. So the hobnobbers and whatnot, I, th- I think they can be served. I think it's you know I think it's a good thing for them, but there are times where where they can kind of get in the way. And, and when you're when you're running a conference, it's a very fine line because you want to bring people in and you want to you want people to see the different aspects of the paranormal, but you're also going to run into issues where. You know, you got to get some celebrities. You have to get some people that are, are well-known names or faces to draw those people in. Right. And then you've got to you've got to walk that line of okay, am I going to get overrun with groupies or am I going to get some serious people as well? You know, you, you got to try to get a, a, a decent mixture. I mean, the funny thing is, is a lot of the times, and, and no offense to any of them, but the the celebrities that you bring in, they don't really get to uh, discuss anything other than what it's like to be a ghost hunting celebrity. Because that's what the people who are there to see them want to hear about. And that's exactly true. That you know the 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 conference that I that I had put together, and I will be doing another one. Um, the the conference that I put together uh, last year was had some, there were some celebrities there. There were some fairly well known people. And when I sat in their lectures, and, and other people reported some of what they said to me because I was running around like a headless chicken. Um, they. Basically, all, that's what they did. You know, they talked about themselves, who they are, and what they've done, and in some cases, who they've met and who they've rubbed elbows with. You know, they, they don't really talk about experiences. They don't talk a whole, about a whole lot of things. They talk about being a celebrity, just like you said. So th- there's not always a lot of content to get out of that. But, a lot, you know, there are people out there that also like that. They want to say, hey, great, I got to sit and listen to a celebrity talk about themselves for a while. Right. I mean, and I can tell you from my perspective, I, I find it fascinating when we have somebody like Amy Bruni on the show or, you know, we've had Jason and Grant in the past or some other people who are on these TV shows. I want to know about what it's like to kind of take what you do and adapt it for a television camera. So that is interesting to me. Uh, I mean, we spent a whole panel discussion with Brian Harnwa just talking about that aspect of things. So when you're dealing with that, you know, you, you, you can kind of serve a little bit of both sides of it in terms of, of that type of discussion. And I've never heard anybody come out of a, a convention saying, you know, I've never heard what I'll call, you know, the, the fan people. I've never heard the fan people come out saying, gee, you know, that convention was ruined by all the people that wanted to learn. But I, I've heard it the other way around quite a bit. Right. Yeah. No, it's the, the people that are there for educational purposes or, you know, for, for expanding thoughts and ideas and whatnot – they they typically stay out of the way and and you'll never he- I've never heard like you said and you know I don't think you ever will hear anybody complaining about them again you'll you'll hear it the other what the other way around they'll complain about the fanboys like okay the, the, you know I've heard the term Kool-Aid drinkers even to be completely <laughs> derogatory wow yeah you know there's <laughs> I there, there's plenty of people that will complain about a lot of these people the fanboys and whatnot because uh, I'll be honest, some of them do go quite quite extreme in, in their fandom. They, they go over the top in a lot of cases, um, and they, they, a lot of them get very gushy. Yeah, so yeah, I, can see where, I, I can see where sometimes that can grate on some people. It, personally, it doesn't bother me because, like I said, I'm there for my own purposes, and, and I can handle that. That just rolls off my back. But 
I, I've seen I've seen people get pretty irritated with them. Well, how many taps tattoos have you seen? How many taps tattoos yeah. have I seen? How many people have walked up to to somebody with a, a taps tattoo, a taps logo tattooed on their body somewhere? You know, that's a very good question. To be completely honest, I don't think I've ever seen anybody with a taps logo tattooed on they, them. They I put know, them somewhere where you wouldn't see. There. Yeah, you, they put them where you wouldn't see them. Brian yeah, Hardwar exactly. doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> they only show them to Jason and Grant. They're like, here, zip. No, so all right. I'm sorry, Moni. You were gonna. Ask no, me. sorry. Uh, the thing <laughs> I was gonna say: the reason I think the number one reason why the people there for education get a little mad at uh, the people that are fanboys, so to speak, is because they monopolize these people's time. They're the fanboy type will sit there talking about their favorite episode, this, that, that, and the other thing, and you know, the non what. What would be considered nonsensical to the people that are there looking for information? Hey, I wanted to, you know, talk to them about when you were using this type of equipment, that type of, you know, this or that. Asking them technical questions or looking to get actual answers rather than, you know, what was it like to have the camera over there and over, right. the, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, to be completely honest, to, to to give them a little bit of credit, I've seen it the other way around as well, where I've seen some of the fanboys waiting while somebody wants to ask a million and one technical questions. You know, and and they get irritated because this person is monopolizing somebody's time, and they just want to get an autograph and a picture with them. Right. You know? and, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It is it is a hard uh, it's a hard dichotomy to have to deal with. Uh, and <laughs> it's a very fine line. And and really, uh, because those who I don't want to say thank, but those who claim that they're there uh, for the solely the educational purposes, you know, if if they're invited to the after party, I'm pretty sure that they turn right into one of those fan people, and a lot of people will uh, at that point in time too. It's just I th- I think that there's uh, it, it has to do with the atmosphere around it, and mm-hmm. and some of these you can tell by the way that they're promoted and the way that the lineups go. They're geared toward those fans. And in some of them, you can tell that they're geared toward more people coming and learning. The ones that we have here, uh, at least in the New England area, they seem to be pretty much geared toward people who want to come and network and interact and, and learn more. And it's less about bringing in the celebrities, which is funny because most of the celebrities come from around here. It's so true. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we, we tend to be a little bit more educational up here. Um, you know, as far down as I've been to some of the Unicon uh conferences down at the Penn State and even as far as down there I mean they, they had a pretty good they, they had about a 50-50 spread where they had a lot of really good uh, uh, educational lectures as well as you know catering to some of the fandom you know the, the fanboys as far as having people out that they can buy autographs from and, and you know the big uh, the big lectures from the Ghost Hunters guys and whatnot but uh, yeah no definitely um, it is it is kind of funny because a lot of the celebrities that come from around here they go everywhere else to be celebrities. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like they come back here to kind of chill out. Right. And then they can have these more laid-back events when they come to these ones. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for the call. Uh, not a problem. Have a great night. You too. And if you would like to call in, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You like the, the fancy new phones, Moni's? And- yeah, I'm looking at all those buttons. 
happens. It, it works a lot better, too, to when it's uh, daylight here because, you know, doing the morning show, it's actually sunlight coming through those windows for a change. And uh, you can actually see the buttons on the phone even when the, the glare is coming in. And uh, Are you finding it a little bit easier or more complicated from the other set that we had? Uh, well, it's definitely easier. You don't have to press the buttons. You don't have to push down and yeah. try hard. I mean, <laughs> all the buttons work. Um, it's it's syncing up the software with it too, which I'm sure I'll I will learn because I'll be here Tuesday afternoon filling in for Phil Paleologus, so I'm sure I'll have the chance to learn a little bit more while I'm in here doing that. Uh, but also, uh, we want to let everybody know, just a reminder, that we uh, are going to be appearing at one of these <laughs> conventions uh, this week, uh, this con- next weekend, uh, September 22nd, the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair, which will be happening at the Seaport Inn and Marina here in Fairhaven. Uh, Amy Bruni from Ghost Hunters will be there, uh, Joe Chin from Ghost Hunters International, Jeff Belanger from Ghost Adventures in 30-odd minutes, and a whole slew of paranormal groups are coming up for this. So uh, it'll be your chance to actually interact with some people who have been on TV and those who aren't and those who are out uh, in the field each and every weekend. So it's going to be a great group of people. One of the things that I'm most excited about about this, because see, I've been helping Steve put together some of the stuff, so I got all the inside info. There's going to be a sneak peek at the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. Really? Yes. They're going to have, uh, I don't know if he's doing five minutes or ten minutes, but Aaron Cadju, and uh, and if he can make it Manny Familare, they're going to be debuting a sneak peek of that film, which will have its world debut October 20th at UMass Dartmouth, and we'll all be there for that. That's going to be a, a big event down there with a Q&A panel and, and the com- showing of the complete film. But uh, at the Paranormal and Psychic Fair next Sunday, they're going to show a sneak peek of it. So uh, you'll also be able to buy your tickets there to get into the premiere if there are any left by that point. I know that they are going fast. So hopefully uh, next weekend we can see a little bit of a clip with, with us in it, you know, because I'm wondering. I'm wondering how it came out, our parts. Do you know the full running length of it? I don't know moment? right now, no. But uh, I want to say it's about 90 minutes. Okay. So you're going to see, you know, a five or ten minute block of that, which is more than they've been putting out online, and then uh, it'll kind of whet your appetite for October 20th, and and we got to run some tests this week, right, Matt? We do, we do. Have you have you talked to Aaron? A little bit here and there, yeah. So if these tests work, let's just say that if you're listening to the show anywhere around the world, and I know that a lot of people are, who want to see this Bridgewater Triangle film, uh, it's been a couple years in the making here. They want to see this. They're they're dying to see this. You might get your chance. To be part of the premiere, even if you can't be at UMass Dartmouth on October 20th. And that's all I can say right now. Yep. So. It's very hush-hush. It is very (laughs) hush-hush. But you might be able to. I'll give a little more. Through the wonders of the internet, you might be able to be there. (laughs) For a fee. For a fee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, it should be uh, it should be a great time, uh, and if you are local, make sure you get tickets. And I believe I, I don't know that that the deal has been signed and the agreement's been reached, but I do believe that WBSM's own Phil Paleologus will be the MC of that Bridgewater Triangle premiere on October twentieth. So, and no, really, we have there's no bigger supporter for the paranormal community in this parts than Phil. He loves loves talking about it on his show, and you know he comes out to all the lectures and everything going on. So. If anybody can handle it uh, with respect, it would be Phil. And uh, I see Aaron said uh, that he is listening 
and that the film is 90 minutes. Okay. So, uh, Aaron, I was actually going to get a hold of you and have you call in. So, uh, uh, If he is listening, I should let him know that he sent Mike Markowitz tickets to my house. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> you, Mike you, Moniz has your tickets. No, mine actually made it to my house as well. <laughs> well, there you go. So uh, if you do want to get tickets to the premiere of that, you can go to the Bridgewater Triangle website, bridgewatertriangle.com. And uh, let's see if we can. Aaron's listening. I'm going to send him the number, and I'm going to see if I can get him to call in and just give us a little bit of uh, an update on what's going on with the film and, and what people can expect at that premiere. But uh, again, you'll get your sneak peek this coming Sunday, October 22nd, uh, September 22nd. I'm already getting into that October mode. Uh, September 22nd at the Seaport Inn for the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. And Part of the the deal with that is we're going to be bringing people to investigate the haunted part of the Seaport Inn. Really? And uh, Moniz, have you had a chance to go into the haunted part of the building yet? Yes, actually, I have. I haven't had a chance to really spend much time there, but yes. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to go in it at all. But I've heard some crazy stories that have come out of it. So I had a couple of friends that worked there, so and they, they bring back stories all the time. All right, well, I do believe that we have Aaron Cadu on the line. Uh, is, is that you, Aaron? That is me. All right. Uh, let me, let me, uh, I'm listening. Uh, so let me turn this off so you don't hear an echo. Please turn down your radio <laughs> or internet. Good evening, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey, Aaron. Uh, fantastic. So uh, we, we wanted to just have you, since you said you were listening in, I just wanted to give you a chance to come on here a little bit and give everybody an update on the film and, and what they can expect at the world premiere. Well, first thing I have to say is I cannot thank the Spooky South Coast crew enough for everything they've done to promote the film so far. Uh, you guys have been a val- valuable ally in our uh, effort to get this film out. So they're going to say that first and foremost. Well, we're more than happy to do it. <laughs> uh, we are very, very excited about the project. It is, in fact, a full 90-minute feature. And as far as I know, it's the first ever feature-length documentary ever produced on the Bridgewater Triangle. Congratulations, brother. It's about time somebody did it right. Well, uh, you know, I, I try to stay grounded in all the projects that I work on, and uh, but I can't help but get excited when I see how this film is coming out. Um, you know, I really think it's going to go down as one of the most impactful uh, paranormal documentaries ever made. And what I find the most interesting about it is, uh, you know, we, we had discussions from the very beginning when you first decided to attack this subject matter again, and uh, you wanted to take it from a very objective very journalistic tone you're not trying to say whether or not you know this is real whether or not it's actually happening you're just allowing the camera to capture people's stories and exactly I, because I, i'm the first one to admit that i'm a very skeptical person by nature so when i wrote the script for this film i wrote it from a very neutral journalistic standpoint we say uh, there's a lot of language in the script of, you know, reported, alleged, as the story goes. And then we let the first-hand eyewitness accounts tell their story. And when the viewer walks away from seeing this film, they're going to make their decisions on the legitimacy of the concept of the Bridgewater Triangle based on the first-hand eyewitness accounts and expert testimony that they hear and not from what we've written or what the off-screen voice of God narrator says. And you do have the voice of God, or at least uh, <laughs> probably what it really sounds like. I, I've yeah, never spoken have, to God, uh, but I'm going to John Horgan narrating the film, and he has done an absolutely fantastic job. He's done it in addition to doing all of his all of his sports announcing work and his show, The Folklorist. So he was recording scratch tracks from his. Uh, I think he lives up in in the Boston area. He was recording scratch tracks up there, emailing them to me. I was editing the film with the scratch tracks. 
And uh, once they were in place, we had him come down to the studio here to record the master tracks. And he had to make at least six or seven trips down from Boston uh, during the week at night to record these master tracks after a long day of being in the recording studio for sports announcing or the folklorist or, or whatever. And uh, he was cranking out these lines uh, with every last bit of his voice that he had left. And uh, we really appreciated that. Well, I, I, like I said, I never heard the voice of God, but I'm going to guess it's pretty close to Horgan's voice. because <laughs> Yeah, Horgan is, uh, is a very smooth, polished voice. And for those of you who don't know, he was uh, one of the last guys in the runnings for the uh, PA announcer job at Fenway Park. He, he didn't get the position, but he was one of the last guy, last men standing. And the uh, testament to how, how good his voice actually is. And uh, those who are familiar with our show have heard him uh, many times, and they've heard us discuss the Bridgewater Triangle many times from a, a variety of different standpoints. Uh, when you were putting together the script for the film, uh, I mean, there's been so much that has happened in Triangle lore since you made the original uh, short-form documentary that you made uh, probably like 10 or 15 years ago at this point, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was 2003, I think, 2002 or 2003, so yeah, 10 years ago. Um, and we do have a lot more. The first, the first film actually did not have much in the way of firsthand eyewitness accounts. Um, you know, I was I was tucked away up at Fitchburg State College at the time, and I didn't quite have the the uh, freedom to travel about Massachusetts. Uh, you know, getting interviews and firsthand accounts, but we've managed to do that in this film. And there's a couple in there that you know I'm not going to say too much about them here on the air. Um, but I think there's a couple that people will walk away from that film and, and they will remember those firsthand accounts. And one of the firsthand accounts that we're capturing is actually going to be featured uh, on a show on Destination America, Discovery Channel Destima Destination America. And not to toot our own horns, but the only reason they found this gentleman was because of our film. Wow. Yep. Um, but we, like I said, we're very, very excited about it, and the uh, the event itself is going to be very, uh, very entertaining. Very, uh, a lot of things to see and do. We will have all of the people, well, a large, large number of the people that were featured in the film uh, on the expert side of things, uh, in attendance, uh, signing books, selling books, uh, meet and greet before the film. So the admission to the film is ten dollars, but that also gets you admission to the meet and greet. You get to see the film itself, and then after the film, there's a question and answer session with the filmmakers and the uh, experts. And not to mention, uh, Lauren Coleman will be in attendance coming down from Maine, and he's actually going to speak before the film starts. So uh, it's a rare opportunity to see Lauren down these parts, uh, and it's going to be just an extremely – see, that's what's great is the film is going to be there, and it's going to be there in its entirety, and it's going to stand on its own merits for people to see and to judge. But you're also going to have the panel discussion as well where people can ask the questions and, and things that might not have been covered in the film or, or things that they want to share. And you're going to walk out of there probably with enough talking points to start looking into a follow-up film, which I know that you don't want to think about right now. Well, the the, the, the film itself, it's funny, the, there are so many topics that we cover in an hour and a half, and it's a very fast hour and a half. Just like, uh, I kind of think of it now as like, if you watch the movie Casino, Martin Scorsese's Casino, it's a three-hour film, but the thing moves so fast mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like, three, it's the fastest three hours you'll have experienced in the movie theater was Casino. And this, this is, we, we go through the Bridgewater Triangle, and we manage to cover it pretty in-depth, but we do it in an hour and a half that just seems to fly by. And uh, I think that's that's one of the things that makes the, this project special. Um, so we're hoping people enjoy it. And I think people need to realize that this is your chance to kind of be in on the ground level of something that's going to 
I think are going to be a phenomenon here in the paranormal community because I, I just I keep equating this in my mind to that first Ghost Adventures documentary that the three guys just went out and made on their own with their own money and they started going around they started showing it and then boom next thing you know it becomes Ghost Adventures yeah. uh, exactly. as we know it now so well, I see one of the things I was going to say and I've forgotten um, was we cover such a large list of topics you know the Hockamock Swamp Freetown State Forest and when you get right down to it each one of those topics could spawn a documentary of its own. I mean, you could sure. do an hour-and-a-half-long documentary just on the Hockamock Swamp easily. Mm-hmm. You could do an hour-and-a-half documentary just on the Freetown State Forest easily. So when this comes out, it'll be interesting to see what what else comes along with it, if it inspires other people to do documentaries, uh, if, it, if we decide to ever do something as a follow-up on any one of these individual topics. The, the possibilities are really end- endless when it comes to the topic of the Bridgewater Triangle. So you could make a series out of it, take each one of those particular topics and do a little vignette of each one. Make absolutely, it- yeah. That, it's, it's definitely a strong possibility. Uh, we'll see where this takes us. Um, you know, I may take a little bit of a break once this is all done, uh, just because, you know, I, I'm absolutely exhausted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my wife's been very tolerant. You know, I, I spend time with her and the baby, and then, you know, around 9 o'clock at night, I come down to the office, and I'm editing till 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, during the week when I don't have obligations from other clients that, you know, actually make the money, uh, you know, I'm working on this on this project. So it's been uh, it's been fun. But, you know, I'm really tired and I'm looking forward to more of the uh, roller coaster ride once it's done. Uh, You know, I think over the course of the next year, it'll really be interesting to see where this film takes us. So the world premiere will be October 20th at UMass Dartmouth. There are still some tickets available, but they are getting pretty limited, right? Yeah, the, the, here's the deal with the tickets, and I'll be completely honest with the audience. Um, as of right now, we only have the bottom half of the theater reserved. Um, and if ticket sales increase, we could open up the top half, but, you know, we're paying for this out of pocket. So, uh, you know, we would have to sell a lot of tickets in order to consider opening up the top half. So as of right now, you know, we are only selling the 450 seats. Some of those are going to people that participated in the film, so that makes the number available to the general public even less. I think right now there's probably around 210 tickets left, but we are going to be selling at the uh, the, the fair this uh, the the event in Fairhaven next Sunday. Uh, so a lot, if you're not going to be attending that event, a large number of tickets could go there. So I would I would suggest that anybody that's looking to attend the documentary to purchase their tickets sooner rather than later. They're only ten dollars, and it gets you access to all the things I mentioned before. So that means the extra tickets that I got that were for Mike Markowitz could be worth something. Did you get the wrong tickets? Well, you sent mine to me, and you also sent Mike Markowitz's to me at at my address as well. Oh, so that, see, yeah, see, I'm wearing so many hats that yes, I'm handling okay. the actual mailing of the tickets, and hopefully that's the only mistake that I've made. But Mark <laughs> was wondering where his tickets were. So I'm getting, you know, I, I actually have the, the ticket ID numbers in front of me because I'm trying to keep track of what I sent to who. And uh, you probably got 387 and 389, or 388, which I uh, assumed were lost, but they must have gone to you. Yeah, they, I, I've got, I got his, uh, and I'll probably be seeing you next weekend and giving them to you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get them from you, and that way you can get them to the proper guy. I haven't got anybody well, be, else I'm complaining sure that they too, got the wrong so. ticket, so I'm hoping that hasn't happened more than once. Well, no, because I got the tickets that you sent for me, and I got the ones that you reserved for Bigfoot and the Thunderbird. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, that, that makes sense, then. 
So, you know, I'll pass it on to those guys when I see them, too. So, uh, again, the premiere is October 20th at UMass Dartmouth. Tickets are just $10. You can get them by going to BridgewaterTriangle.com or the BridgewaterTriangleDocumentary.com. Both will go to the same spot. And uh, have you decided how much of a sneak peek you want to give next Sunday at the uh, South Coast Paranormal and Psychic? Yeah, well, we're going to show the trailer, um, which is also available online. So, I mean, that's not going to be new for people that have already seen it. But we're going to show the trailer. We're going to show Carlson Woods' music video, Hockamock Harry, which is a promotional music video for the film. And I think we are going to show maybe, – maybe, maybe we'll bring a couple of scenes from the film. But we're definitely going to be showing uh, one scene involving uh, a Bigfoot encounter in the uh, Hockamock Swamp. Excellent. So if, if you want to see this exclusively, you can do so by coming to the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair next Sunday at the Seaport Inn in Marina. That is also a $10 ticket. So while you're there, you know, you pay $10 to get into the South Coast Paranormal Fair, and then you pay another $10 while you're there, and you can grab these tickets to see the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. And yeah, we're also already. going to have some merchandise. I'm not, you know, I don't think we'll have T-shirts available, but we do have the uh, 27 by 40 full-size movie posters which we will be selling there as well. Nice. Uh, and they, they came out pretty 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 darn good. They're, they're pretty uh, pretty impressive looking. And there's going to be a lot of people there that were involved in the making of the film that can sign that poster for you if you want to. So. Exactly. Um, I guess uh, the only other thing to do is to just say that the event starts at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at UMass on October 20th. The film itself, that, so there will be an hour meet and greet from 1 to 2. The film will run from 2 to 3.30. And then uh, from 3.30 till 5, we will have uh, a question and answer. And if that ends, then there's just more time for the people to meet and greet with the people that were involved in the film. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Aaron. we got to take, oh, take thank, a break. Thanks for having news. me. I didn't expect to be on tonight, but I really appreciate it, and we really appreciate it. And, again, uh, you guys have been fantastic. Oh, We'll definitely be having you on again soon as we get closer to the uh, premiere date of the film. Awesome. All right, thanks, have a great thanks, night. Right, that, is, <laughs> that is Aaron Kadju, the director and pretty much the, the man behind everything, him and Manny Familari together uh, making the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. So, again, October 20th is the world premiere at UMass Dartmouth. You can get your tickets by going to BridgewaterTriangle.com. You can also pick them up next Sunday at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair at the Seaport Inn and Marina here in Fairhaven. We are up against the news. Uh, When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk with somebody who was just uh, organizing one of these conventions that we've been discussing here tonight last week. A little bit different than some of these other conventions, but uh, we will talk with her. um, I I don't remember which, which... Audrey. Audrey? Okay. Audrey Starborn will be joining us to talk about the Experience of Speak convention that took place last week, which Matt Moniz was in attendance at. So we'll find out about that as well. And uh, we'll also take more of your calls, 508-996-0500, What do you think about these paracons, these conventions, these uh, essentially these meet and greets? And uh, Are they a way to go and learn and, and find out something about the paranormal field? Or are they really just there to rub elbows and to, to say that you met somebody? We'll take your calls on all of that, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And during the break, if you want to check out legendtrips.com, we have three great events on sale for this fall. Uh, September 28th at the Slater Mill Museum in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. October 12th at the Fearing Tavern in Wareham. And November 9th at the Haunted Victorian Mansion in Gardner, Mass. And I think there's only like seven or eight tickets left for the Haunted Mansion. So you better get on to legendtrips.com if you want to get tickets to that because those will be gone. So we're going to take a break. We come back more on the other side of Spooky South Coast and uh, also more of your thoughts and 
feelings as well by giving us a call 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 back in just a minute on wbsm supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it doesn't. AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. This is not going down as one of our uh, better technically produced episodes. We should not be submitting this for any uh, awards, that's for sure, at least in terms of the production of it. But, hey, Spooky TV is there at SpookySouthCoast.com. If it's working, is it working? We don't know. No. Don't worry about it, folks. It's just the three of us sitting around microphones. The important part is that you can hear us, and you can hear us right on WBSM or on WBSM.com. And uh, also on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. We are talking tonight about paranormal conventions, these paracons, and what role they play in the paranormal community. And we're discussing whether or not uh, you know, it makes a difference if you go to them. Uh, can you learn things? Or is it really just a big celebrity hobnob situation? Uh, is, is there going to be? Is that the number that we're looking for, Moniz? I believe so. Okay. All right. uh, and is there going to be... Uh, you know, is there going to be a detriment to having the fans there, people who are just fans of those who are on these television shows and are going solely to meet and greet and get autographs and take pictures? So we'll take your calls throughout the course of the next hour on that, 508-996-0500, And uh, we're going to talk right now with Audrey Starborn, who is the one of the organizers. Oh, wrong button. Yeah, I, I have to learn to hit the right button. Drop that one, and now we'll go to this. New phones, folks. Hello, is this Audrey? Did I not put her on the air? She should be. Hi, Audrey, are you there? Oh, well, we lost her, too. She can call right back. That wasn't me, I think. You know what happens whenever they try to call into radio shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's the scary part is that happens far more than most people right. realize. We don't, we, don't need to, uh, we don't need to actually uh, take the blame for that you know it's this in this case it's not our fault because uh, it just always happens whenever they call into radio shows i i hear them frequently on other programs and uh, this always seems to be the case but uh she will call right back i am sure and we'll talk to her about the experience to speak event that happened last weekend here we go hi audrey are you with us this time hi Yes, I can barely hear you, and it was a strange connection at first, but I got you now. I was going to say, normally, you know, we get a few minutes into the interview before the phone issues start to happen. I know, and I tried both numbers, too. <laughs> I got a backup number this time. Yeah, well, the the good thing, though, is uh, generally I, th I think we should be all right for this subject matter because whatever forces usually prevent us from being able to talk to you for the full interview, uh, I, don't think yeah. I don't think they'll mind this topic so much because we're talking about these conventions, and you just ran a right. very successful one last weekend. Yes, I did, and it was the second one. You know, the first one, 
had its bugs and we worked them out and we had a couple this year but really nothing uh, nothing went wrong at all it was just you know simple things mistake in the newspaper things like that but that was um to be expected well there's the other problem too if you still haven't figured out how to keep monies from going <laughs> <laughs> no matt's wonderful He's, he was our sound guy and just was up there and just helping with everything with tech and sound and can't do it without him really i mean he's just he's great well we kid because we love him but uh you know he is of course somebody who's worked uh, very closely with abductees over the course of the year years and we're, mm-hmm. we're we're talking tonight about these conventions and the benefit that they have but clearly an event like experience to speak is important uh for those who have had these experiences these abduction experiences because they might not be able to find other people who have gone through what they've gone through otherwise right right yeah what we did was totally different than you know the standard convention or conference it was about education for the public but it was also about the unity and getting the experiencers together with one another because usually, you know, it's just a very lonely and scary place to be when you are isolated and um, alienated. I love to use that word, but it's true. Um, You know, nobody listens, nobody understands, but, uh, you know, to get them together, it's just an instant bond and connection, and, and it continues after they leave, but not only did we help experiencers, we ha- I had five or six couples come up to me where one was an experiencer and the other wasn't, and they were constantly going back and forth about the subject the one didn't understand, and when they were leaving, they were just glowing and said, thank you, because now I understand, you know? So it's about teaching and education, and, you know, we're not trying to make people believe, you know? It's not like we're, we're just like, oh, it's real, and, and you can't say it's not. No, it's it's about the emotional traumas and fear and loneliness that accompany it that really needs to be addressed in it and we did that on a huge level it was great yes because the emotions are real Uh, i don't care what you think about the subject matter but the people's Mm -hmm. emotions and how they feel about it are extremely real Mm -hmm. yeah and and i can only imagine uh, how beneficial it would have been for yourself and your sister when you're going through your experiences at first and and if you had this type of, of network to rely on Exactly. I mean, I would have loved something like that when I was, you know, going through the uh, the fear and, and really just if I didn't find Matt, well, I don't know what I would have done, you know, because there was just nobody out there. So now we're just really trying to make it available for everybody and everywhere. I mean, we just started from from the conference. There was a woman that attended last year too. Matt had fun with Marcella. <laughs> but um, Marcella will be doing um, the Latin community, Latin America and Colombia, so we can get the Spanish people help, too. So, you know, it's about helping everyone. And you know, it was so emotional for me. I think I got, what, three sentences out, Matt, and I just yes. couldn't even talk anymore. I just started crying, and I just, you know, because I saw it, and that's what I had envisioned when I, you know, thought about doing it. So thank God my mom and Debbie Piva were there to rescue me, but I just... You know, it was I knew I was going to cry, but not on that level and not that quickly. So it was just amazing. The emotions were strong, and and it was contagious to everybody. You know, it was a beautiful thing, and it lasted just not long enough. That's always the problem. You know, we just want to continue. 
when Steve Pierce is moving back to stay. You know, <laughs> he's he's coming to Maine. He's coming by October third. He had such a great time. So it was very very um, unforgettable. And you know, the the people that were affected and and it was healing. You know, it was a good thing. And I would have loved to have that. Like I said, you know, Matt saved my sister and I very much. And without him, I don't know where we'd be right now. Well, you girls did uh, a mountain climb all on your own. I was just there to show you where the path was. You guys reached the yeah. summit under your own power. I just showed yeah. you how to get there. Now you're showing other people the route, and that's what this right. is all about, paying it forward. Exactly, and it's, it's so great because there's so much um, outpouring from the community just wanting to help. You know, I mean, last year's conference we had one team, and that was me and Maine, and then by this year we had 10 on the East Coast, and now, you know, we've got some more in the makings. I think there's four more states um, that we're going to be working working in to get a team out in every, you know, we want one in every state. You know, we're looking for providers in the mental health community that can reach out and be on our provider list. So if somebody calls and we can't get to them personally, we can send them to someone who can help them and work with us. Well, one of, one of the things, and I don't want to get, I guess this would probably be digging too deep into the paranormal community overall, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, we see a lot of people who uh, go out on, haunting cases and and they they will try to be helping people who are being victimized by these and they don't really know what they're doing and we hear these stories right. from people about how they come in and they start telling them wrong information or misinformation or disinformation even mm-hmm. and they're, they're totally screwing everything all up and i can only imagine how much uh worse it would be if that type of amateur mentality came into your experiences and came in to try to help you and we had you know an amateur UFO investigation team who decided that they were going to suddenly be able to work with abductees. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure they're out there or they're, they're thinking that they are, but, you know, it's, the, the abductee is, is a, you know, smart human, you know. They're pretty smart, mm-hmm. and um, there is a lot of organizations that research the actual UFO and the alien, but stay away from the abduction, and that you know, there's a reason for that. There, There's a lot of work involved, and we do, um, you know, work with only, you know, people that are qualified, trained as far as the, you know, therapies and the, you know, the hypnotherapies, even everything that we use. Um, so that's why, you know, we can't just say, yeah, yeah, all right, you can have one, you know. I mean, the support group is a side, it's, it's part of the therapy, but support groups are, are different and, you know, fairly easy, and easy to operate, and, you know, you just get a, a room and a structure, and you have, you know, some kind of control of it, and then they just come. But when it comes to working with the individual, yes, I would not want to see an amateur come in, and you're so right about the ghost hunting teams. I've seen it a million times happen, you know, and the, and the people just get so freaked out about it that, um, you know, they almost get turned off by the whole thing. So I think one bad egg, does, you know, one bad apple does, you know, make the whole bunch bad. So it's really uh, something you have to be careful with. Yeah. You know, we do have, um, of course, disclaimer forms and forms that uh, that people fill out. Sure. Um just because you know that, you know, things happen. And, you know, so we do it in a 
professional way, and we have more than one person working with the person, and we meet as a team to talk about the person, so it's not just, you know, one-on-one anymore, and it's really helped me a lot, I'll tell you that. I was alone doing this since 2006. Yeah, and the other thing is, it's not like with paranormal groups doing abduction support you can't say oh i think i'm just going to be the demonologist of the group and handle it no you have yeah. to have some yeah in order to deal with helping out um people that have gone through this trauma you have to understand trauma and it, uh, somebody like me i'm more of a clinician type of, in dealing with um the physical aspect of things but I, I i defer to people that have the education in the psychological to help them with the emotional, like I helped yeah. point you guys to the appropriate people. I can help you with your experiences and let you talk about it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I I pointed you to the appropriate people, and it makes a big difference, does it not? Right. Yes, you have to have a community. You really right. do, and, and you have to have you know people, a team. You know, we've got quite a team, and you know we all work well together. And it's not, there's not the the drama and the like you see in the ghost hunting community i can't believe the drama and i just stay as far away from that as i can because it just gets it gets exhausting i don't know how you guys do it i really don't (laughs) yeah sometimes i don't know either well, uh, we, <laughs> we want to thank you for calling in and checking in and, and definitely no keep problem. us up to date when everything is in line for the 2014 event. Oh, we will, definitely. We've already got speakers booked. I mean, people call every day wanting to get on the list, so I think we're into three years already. So we've got some good nice. good people that are going to be joining us. So. All right. It was nice talking to you guys again. Always nice talking with Much you. Much love, hon. All right. Love you. Have a great Take night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, Audrey Starborn. Of course, you can visit the Starborn Support website as well, starbornsupport.com. Yep. And uh, and you can also uh, get in touch with them on Facebook and, and through all aspects of social media. And if you know anybody who thinks that they have uh, experienced uh, abduction phenomena, they would be the pers- people to get in touch with. I say person, cause, but they're twins, so yeah. there's two of them. <laughs> well, the, there's also a, a whole group now. The, a whole the, network that they've built. Yes. And uh, I think we're going to be putting up links and stuff to their to their sites anyway. So look up on Spooky South Coast uh, mm-hmm. under our links part, and pretty soon we'll have that all set up. Yeah, we don't we don't have a link section anymore. Oh, we don't. No, that went bye bye when we made the new site. So we'll get them up there though because we can we can blog them. Yeah. And in fact, if anybody from Starborn Support would like to blog on SpookySouthCoast.com, we would welcome that. Uh, because that's, I know a couple of the guys that probably would. That is something that is missing from the blogs that we have there. Uh, we have a lot of great content, and uh, Barb Wright just put up a new column today uh, about the Connecticut witch trials. So you can read that on SpookySouthCoast.com, but I would love to get some stuff from Starborn Support up there. So Chris Augustine, I'm talking to you, brother. Moniz, you're in charge of handling that. You, you, you I, I, will, that I will get a hold of them and see. They, they would be definitely a good group to have comment on on our blog spot. All right, well, we are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we want your calls about these paranormal conventions. Have you been to one? What are some of the horror stories from going to these conventions? What's the worst thing that you've seen happen at one of these? 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Back in just a minute with more here on Spooky South Coast on WBSM. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Hello. 
Hey man, Hello? you up? No. Wake up, I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on, it's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. Welcome back. Tim Wise right here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. We'll be here each and every Saturday night throughout the Halloween season, or more or less. We won't be here <laughs> on the 28th because we have a Legend Trips event at Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Tickets are still available for that at legendtrips.com if you want to join us. They are only $99, and a portion of all the money that we raise through Legend Trips goes to helping the locations where we investigate. And we've raised to date nearly $15,000 to benefit these historic haunts. So that's that's big time stuff to uh to have been able to help uh to that level. You know guys, before we launch back into this discussion uh, about these paranormal conventions and the good and the bad of them. And of course, we're discussing this because there will be one here on the South Coast coming up next Sunday, September 22nd, the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. And uh, this one uh, is a pretty low-key, laid-back event, but you're going to have a chance to meet Amy Bruni from Ghost Hunters on the Sci-Fi Channel, Joe Chin from Ghost Hunters International, uh, Jeff Belanger from Ghost Adventures in 30-odd minutes, uh, John Brightman's going to be there, our buddy from uh, New England Paranormal Research who has been on my ghost story on the Bio Channel, uh, so many people to come and discuss about the paranormal with uh, people who are investigators from all over. I know uh, PXP is going to be there. Paranormal Expeditions will be there, uh, as well as a, a number of other groups. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who is definitely going to be represented. I know Cape Cod Paranormal is coming. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, basically everybody who is our friends in the field, they all want to come down. But it's just a matter of uh, you know who's coming down from their group. So. Uh, if you if you need help, if you need uh, an investigation done in your home or in your business, this is the place to come to. You can talk to representatives of all the groups and, and see some of their casework and, and experience some of their evidence for yourself, and you can decide you know who might be the best fit for what you're looking to do. So come on down to that. It'll be next Sunday at the Seaport Inn and Marina from 12 to 7. Tickets are just $10, and you're going to get to uh, learn a lot. We're going to have uh, the sneak peek of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. I believe we're going to be showing the American Scream documentary uh, in its entirety, which was the film that was made uh, last year by the director of uh, Best Worst Movie, which is the film that was made about the guy who starred in Troll 2 mm-hmm. and uh, following him around. So uh, the gentleman who directed that film made a movie about people who create haunted yards, uh, that what they call home haunts. And he featured a number of home haunts right here in Fairhaven. So our, our buddies Manny Souza, who's a big spooky South Coast fan, and, and Matt Broder, who's a big spooky South Coast fan, they were they were involved in that film. So we we might be having those guys come on out to this and showing that film uh, as well. We just got to make sure Manny's trying to get the clearances for that. So uh, if he can, we will show it. And uh, also we're going to have uh, some gallery readings from Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke that people can participate in for an extra charge. Uh, that won't be included with your $10 admission, but you'll pay a few dollars more to go in and sit and, and maybe have them make a spirit connection for you. Speaking of spirit connections, are you guys back on this Tuesday? Uh, yes. He's like, I, think I have so. no idea. <laughs> I, I actually do not know who the guest is, but... You're at the mercy of two women, Matt, so <laughs> it's okay if you don't know. I understand. I know know how it goes. So far, so good. All right. So that will be on Spooky TV and on WCTV Tuesday at 7. And uh, one of the 
Oh yeah, right. Wailing City Ghost is going to be there. Near, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on all these people who are definitely going to be there. Uh, so, and if you are involved in the paranormal world, whether you are a group or maybe you're a reader or maybe you have a product that fits that audience that you'd like to sell, get in touch with me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, paranormal groups are getting tables for free. So if you want to come and set up a table to promote your group, no charge. Uh, it's And that allows admission for two members from your group. Anybody else will have to pay, just to be fair. But two people from your group can come and man that table. And uh, if you are a vendor, vendor tables are available still as well for a fee. And uh, you can get in touch with me, and I'll pass on all the information, and you can get registered up with Steve for that. So Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. But do it quickly because the event is just a week away. Uh, but I, before we get back into the discussion about these conventions, uh, this is the first time that we've all been in the same room since our USS Salem event. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just would be curious to get your thoughts on, on how it went, uh, Moniz. What did you think about investigating? I know you'd been there before. but uh, I've been there a dozen times before. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, the people that we had were spectacular. Uh, the ship is always got some sort of activity happening in it not in every end of the ship at the same Mm -hmm. time but there's always something going on in it in terms of paranormal activity uh and it'll range from subtle little things to you know holy hell breaking loose in certain parts It, it it it's a it's a very active ship you know, considering it didn't really do any "quote unquote" combat, but it it dealt with a lot of you know pain and suffering, and being a hospital ship in support to you know tragic events. And uh, it seemed like there was a decent amount of activity happening during the course of that night. I mean, nothing was really blowing me away in my section of the ship, but we were having enough little things that we were starting to you know say, "Hey, what's going on here?" We were getting like narratives from some of the. Uh, devices that were being used and from some of the people who were in attendance that had abilities, uh, we were able to kind of string together. And it's interesting that some of the EVPs that have come back, you know, also carry through on this person that we, we think that we made a connection with. Well, back where I was in the uh, aft end of the ship, we were having, especially on the lower deck, these shadows that would come out. And you know how the floors glow in the dark at night? Mm-hmm. For for safety, you could actually watch these things walking the pathways, and it w- people were quite intrigued and freaked out by that. Uh, we had a couple of other uh, incidents of audible sounds and noises and stuff like that. People talked about physically being touched and and stuff like that. It was a pretty active night in the back end of the ship where I was at. Andy said he had some pretty good uh, activity happening as well. Yeah, where we were, uh, we were uh, at the opposite end of the ship of you, and we were getting some shadow activity as well. And uh, we also had uh, some uh, quite a bit of knocking taking place too. Yeah. And in response to our knocking, so we would we would knock and we would ask for a response. And you know, considering that's a giant big metal ship, I would assume yeah. that you know if we did a certain pattern, it wouldn't be uncommon to hear a. You know, like kind of yeah, a, a repeat of that. Reverb. But it, it wouldn't be the same thing. It would be like, you know, like we would, and then it would go once, or we would go three, and it would go two. So uh, it, it definitely seemed to have some sort of uh, an intelligence behind it. But uh, just overall, I mean, just to be able to be in such a unique location like that and to have people come in, and, and people were worried when they found out how many tickets that we'd sold. They're like, oh, it's going to be too many people. and The ship was, what, 870-something feet? 717 feet. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. I never heard anybody else while I was in my group <laughs> from any other part of the ship. It, it's a big ship. There's plenty, big ship. plenty of room for everybody. So uh, it, it was definitely a, a fantastic event, and, and uh, I'm sure that we'll go back there again, but I don't think we should go back uh, in August. Uh, no. <laughs> that was, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Hot. It was. Uh, it's the first time that I've ever gone home from a Legend Trips event and needed to take a shower before I crawled into bed, which uh, I didn't get home until, what, it was like, what, 4.30 in the morning? 5.30 yeah. in the morning when yeah, we got home? Yeah, it was about 5 o'clock. Yeah, so. I slept on board. Right. And which means nobody else did. No, I have my own stateroom. And so everybody, nobody complained the next day? No, because like I said, those are steel walls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've heard you snore. I don't even know if that would be enough. I'm pretty sure that the ghosts on the ship were, you know, thinking that they were under attack when they heard you. So, uh, but that was our, our USS Salem event. So uh, we, will, uh, we will definitely go back there again in the future, I'm sure. Uh, but we do have Slater Mill coming up, which was extremely active when we went there uh, last year. Uh, it was just crazy uh, with the amount of activity that was going place uh, going on in that place. And we'll have that event coming up on September 28th, and you can get your tickets for that at legendtrips.com. And then we also have on October 12th our annual Haunted History Night in Wareham, Massachusetts, your chance to investigate four different historic buildings, including the Fearing Tavern, which was built in 1690. So there's still some tickets available for that and very, very limited tickets available for the Haunted Victorian Mansion in Gardner, Massachusetts on November 9th. And I, I know that that episode of Ghost Adventures is going to air any, any Friday now. And when it does, those tickets will be gone. So if you want to go to that event, I highly suggest going to legendtrips.com right now and buying them while you still can because uh, they're not going to be around once that episode airs. So getting back into the idea of these conventions uh, and these uh, events that are going on, I know there's two or three of them that are going on this weekend. There was two of them last weekend, uh, and there's, there's so many going on throughout the course of this paranormal season. So if uh, anybody out there has gone to any of them and you want to share some of your stories or experiences, 508 996 500 877-996-1420. And I want to be clear. We don't think that they're a bad thing. We think that they're a great opportunity for people to go out and hang out and have fun but i just think that there's a lot of uh kind of misconceptions about what goes on there's a lot of people who are going to them thinking it's going to be just a fun you know comic-con type event and then there's a lot of people who are going to them thinking it's going to be just an educational learning experience and i think that when those two worlds combine uh that's where a lot of this friction takes place and a lot of these stories that come out of these things i mean I, i've never heard uh, uh these Events that happen every year, and they, and they happen uh, with great frequency and great success. I've never heard people come out of these things really disappointed. I mean, there might be some complaints about how things shook out, but generally they're a great experience for everybody that goes to them. But at the same time, there seems to be a real problem with a lot of people who try to put them on and just they can't. And, and things fall apart and they don't work out. I think that has to do with the way that they try and set them up. They overreach. They're trying to do too many mm. different things and then none of them get done well. You know what I'm saying? They try and they, if they stick with a more, let's call it simpler methodology rather than trying to add this and that right. and this and that, it, it, it just gets out of control and out of hand. See, being in the, the I guess we'll call it the paranormal entertainment business. Yeah. Uh, between doing the radio show and between and also doing legend trips events, you know we 're constantly having discussions about how we can maximize 
the location that we're in. But we're not trying to, you know, get you on a bus and ship you to another location. The same, you know what I mean? Like we're we keep things within the confines of where we're working, what we can do. And I think that that's the mindset that some of these uh, events need to actually have is let's keep it limited to what's going on. And you see them trying to pack too much in. We're going to have this Q&A panel. We're going to have a ghost hunt. We're going to have a ghost hunt the next night. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to have a historic tour. We're going to do all that. And you're trying to pack so much in that that's how people that, – that, that creates a lot of opportunity for problems to arise. Right. And once you get one piece of problem that comes in, you wind up with – that throwing off the schedule. And once the schedule starts to get thrown off, people get annoyed because, oh, I, w- I, I, I waited to go see this and I gave up seeing that. And now that screwed up and that and re- cascades remember down. Remember, the, the happy people are never as vocal as the people who are and disappointed. Correct. All right, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Spooktacular. Um, didn't you do a recent investigation on Lizzie Borden House? We did uh, two weeks ago, right? We we didn't get to talk about that either. Yeah, because <laughs> we, 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 oh, we haven't been to how that there. turned out. That was uh, it was very very good. Uh, the, I mean, usually the Lizzie Borden House is is kind of hit or miss. Uh, uh-huh. when we hold events there. Sometimes we have a, a high level of activity, and sometimes, you know, very little will go on. This is one of those nights, at least in my opinion and in my experiences. Your floor had, was doing well. We had quite a bit of activity. Yeah, I think, well, it's been well established that it's definitely haunted, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, by many investigative groups. Uh, I can tell you I, from I was first just wondering experience. if there's ever been a focus on helping spirits to cross over to the other side. Uh, some people have. Some uh, who have the ability to do that have gone there and made an attempt, uh, and it usually doesn't seem to take. Uh, there's there's been a reports from some people of other spirits that weren't the Bordens that had been trapped in that location that were able to success, successfully cross over, uh, but I I just think that whatever's there is kind of tied to that, and in in my opinion I think that uh, there's something kind of holding them there so they wouldn't be able to. It's cross probably over. because the trauma the trauma the trauma will probably keep them there. Yeah, the trauma to some degree, but also I think there's a little bit of a darker. Uh, entity that, oh, that coexists yeah. there because that's that's who I interacted with when I was there uh, uh-huh. f- a few weeks ago. So yeah, I, I, that's my concern. I just have a concern about those things, and um, for some reason, I guess if I could, I'd like to be a person that does that because I sometimes like that um, special guest you had on the other week. Was it last week, Lisa? Yeah, uh, Lisa Camp- Campion. Yeah, she's an empath. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I, I I don't know. I just feel like that's something I want to do, you know, help spirits cross over to the other side that, uh, that some don't even realize they're dead, you know. For some reason, I just have an, um, a thing for that. I don't know why. Well, there's plenty of places where you can uh, learn to do so. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's a yeah. number of paranormal uh, centers in the area that they could at least, if they don't do that themselves, they could at least get you started on the right path to figure out your way to be able to do so. Right, right, yeah. Okay, thanks so much. All right, thank you so much for the call. Bye-bye. Have a great night. And uh, you can also give us a call, 508-996-0500, Yeah, the uh, Dead of Summer event was, uh, at least on the third floor, I know, you know, we had uh, quite a bit going on. A lot of leg lifting going on that night, too. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were mentioning that it was a very, very eye-opening experience for them. I knew, know a couple of people, when they came down to my section, were very awestruck by that 
where I was in the basement was not really active, but it, I gave them the opportunity to share their experiences with the other floors and learn some more history about the house and, un, you know, what happened on my floor. But uh, your 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 floor seemed to garner most of the attention for the evening. You know, but that's how it goes with the third floor and, and with the uh, Jose and Knowlton room. Some nights you can lay there and you can have your legs lifted up, and it'll happen for everybody. Some nights it doesn't happen at all. And this is one of those nights where a number of people were able to experience that and you see the look on their face, and you see the reaction that they have to it when it happens, and uh, you just it, you remember the first time that it happened to you, and uh, and I made two two new friends, Nikki and Paige, yeah. <laughs> that night, who were uh, poor Paige had never been to anything like this before. Nikki, yeah, at least that was her our, first thing. Yeah, Nikki had been to our haunt, uh, Houghton Mansion event with her aunt, uh, so this was Paige's first time, and and she was freaking out. She was so scared, but then when it finally did happen to her. It's changed her now, and now she wants to get out there and do this more often. And, and she, you know, she sends me Facebook messages asking me questions, and they they plan on coming to more legend trips. So uh, Steve uh, Fiolia or whatever is yeah right. Y- well, he, I wasn't yeah. going to get the last names on there. Yeah, uh, Steve uh, had a very good um, experience. He he had never really been to anything like this before. He had never had any real what he would call extensive paranormal experiences, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I heard from him personally that this really changed him. And I've, I've been chatting with Deb, who was there with him, and uh, yep. she had her legs lifted up. And, uh, again, just something that changes you when it happens to you for the first time. And and I, I know that you've had it happen, right? You've had... To me personally, no. You haven't had it happen? No, I, I have wanted, not. I want to say I remember you wearing heavy boots and... So it didn't happen, so it must have been because you were wearing the boots that it probably didn't happen. Could have been, uh, but I've been there, I don't know how many times with you, watching it happening to other people. Right, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you kind of tried it once, as far as as yeah. far as I know. Matt Costa, have you ever tried it? Uh, I did, and it did not work. Didn't work for you either, mm-hmm. huh? Strange. I, I, but I there's felt, no rhyme or reason as to who it happens to. I've had the footsteps running around me on, on the bed while laying on it, waiting for, you know, my feet to... Be lifted, so I found that rather disconcerting, and I'll never forget that audible voice thing that we all heard when oh, we did. Crazy! That was just, and none of the recorders. We had what four recorders right. in there, and then did, none of them picked it up. Yeah, three analog, uh, one analog, and three digital. Yeah, and none of them picked up this growl that we heard from the corner of the room that we all heard, and we said, "Everybody heard that, right?" Oh yeah, right, let's go back and review, <laughs> and nobody got it. So it was, uh, it was definitely. Uh, th- at least the night that we had Dead of Summer a few weeks ago, it was it was definitely a um, it was an amped up crowd. I mean, they yeah. they were ready for something to happen, and uh, we we definitely got some some sort of response uh, out of the spirits there. So uh, again, you know, those are just a few of the events that we've done. Uh, we've raised nearly fifteen thousand dollars over the course of the last couple of years. That's amazing. It is. I mean, and that's that's what's good about it is that you can go back there the next time we return and see what your money went toward. Yeah, the, that's amazing. We've raised $15,000. Now, that's money we could have put in our pockets, but we didn't. We gave it back to to the locations to keep them open and running. Right, and, and we have agreements, of course, with these locations for them to make a certain amount of money. Uh, for us being there, you know, there, there's there's fees yeah. associated yeah. with going in there and, and, and renting out these locations. But when you hand them that check and then you sell out the event and then you hand them the other check and they're like, oh, well, what's this? Well, that's the other money that we raised for you. 
and they're just blown away by that because it, it just doesn't happen. You know, normally people just want to pay whatever it costs to rent the property and then they do their thing and there's no added benefit for the locations. But for us, it's it's all about making sure that these places can keep going and can have those renovations that they need and can stay operational and might be able to run a few months more out of the year now because of the money that we're able to raise for them. So, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back. It's not about us. We're just the conduit for it. It's about our awesome legend trippers who come out to all yeah. of our events and, and the, the, the people who have become like family that we see at each and every one of these events. How many people would you say is a return legend tripper? I actually uh, I have figured it out, and we have about uh, an 85% return rate. Wow. Yeah, which uh, in the in the entertainment industry, you know, uh, it's it's unheard of to to get people to come back. But it just shows that we've created the atmosphere that they want, and that's what we're trying to do. Again, like we we can say all day long, you know, we've created a successful uh, situation, but we we haven't. We've just kind of opened that door, and it's everybody who comes out to these events that have helped create that, and, and that's why. I'm just so happy that they do keep coming back because that's how I know they're going to be good events because we have good people that keep showing up for them. And Great locations don't hurt you. Yeah, know. I was going to say, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that we're getting them into some awesome places that really you, you don't get a chance to go to these places. You know, Slater Mill has their ghost tours that they do, right. but you don't get the chance to do a lot of hands-on investigating like we will on September 28th. The Fearing Tavern, nobody yeah. gets into that place. We are the only way that you can get in there for a paranormal investigation. And I, I'm not really a big fan of that when it happens uh, in the paranormal world. You know, I, I don't think that anybody should kind of control a location. Agreed. But with us, it's not that we're controlling it. It's that this is the one time that the historical society is willing to make an exception. And that's because of the reputation that we've built from our great legend trippers. So because we bring in people who respect the property, they're willing to allow us to go in there and do that. And, uh, you know, the Victorian Mansion, they have groups in all the time, but not with the legend trips formula. The way that we put on an event where you get everything for the course of the night i mean we give you dinner we give you snacks and beverages all night long and i actually think this past one at the uss salem it's the only time that we've ever run out of anything we ran out of water at the very end after oh, yeah. the, the event was technically over yeah <laughs> true, uh, feather, true. In, feather in our caps that we did not run out before 2 a.m it was after 2 a.m but you know we, we were missing the one bottle of water that somebody had requested but we promised that that won't happen next time so, uh, you know, that, and that's what we want to do. We want to take care of the people. We want to give them a great experience and a great night. And we want to make sure that when we leave at the end of the night, the location feels like they did the right thing in letting everybody in. So, Well, the big thing that they like is we clean up after ourselves. We, we, right. we take out what we brought in and leave the place as we found it. Well, sometimes we leave you behind, and then, yeah, then I get emails the following week, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Next time, you might want to just take him with you. But, uh, yeah, so we do have those events coming up on September 28th. It will be the Slater Mill Museum in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Tickets are $99 for that. October 12th, the Fearing Tavern and three other buildings in Wareham, Massachusetts, $99 ticket for that. And the Haunted Victorian Mansion in Gardner, Mass., $135 for that ticket. But that's because it's a smaller location. Yeah. And we want to still be able to raise as much uh, for the Victorian Mansion to help with their renovation efforts. And also because, you know, we're renting a couple of poor parties because no bathrooms. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to get the nice fancy ones with the with the sink. Well, this is part of what's going to happen with our money. It's going to go to redoing the plumbing and mm -hmm. other stuff that needs to be done in the house. So that's why we do these events, to, to make sure that these properties can keep going. Uh, so go to legendtrips.com if you want to find out more. And we will be discussing Legend Trips next Saturday. I'm sorry, next Sunday 
at the Seaport Inn and Marina at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. So uh, we'll be there. The Spooky Crew will be in attendance, and also Jeff Belanger will be there. Uh, so between all of us, any questions or anything that you want to know about Legend Trips events, if you want to purchase tickets to these upcoming events, you'll be able to do that as well. We'll be able to take your credit cards uh, right there at the event. And, of course, cash is king. We can take that as well. So you'll be able to get your tickets and, and, and be involved with these upcoming events. But I just know that you know by the end of the fall, it will be up to, uh, I want to say, 17 or 18 events. And we'll probably be pushing close to the $20,000 mark. And that's just incredible. That just shows that is incredible. how great our legend trippers are. Now, I've had a number of people at these events ask, are we considering expanding out into other New England states or maybe even beyond? Uh, well, the, it's something that we've discussed, and we feel that right now there's enough places here oh, yeah. in, in the immediate area, and it's an easy drive for our regulars that are around in the area uh, that uh, we think we're going to kind of keep it here. And the question was posed recently about, you know, would we kind of franchise out and allow others to operate under the Legend Ships moniker? And I think the decision that we've made is, so it's kind of our baby. You know, we want to we want to make sure that uh, people are getting the Legend Trips experience, and to do that, we do it through uh, through ourselves and uh, you know the Spooky Crew, Jeff Belanger, Andrew Lake. You know, we all work together in making these events happen. Of course, we bring uh, Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke to all these events with us too whenever we can. So uh, we've built a, a great team, I think, and we're we're able. We know what we're doing, so uh, I would hesitate to kind of taking that formula outside of where we're going we'll see you never know what could happen it would be nice to be able to say to everybody hey you know we can offer you a chance to come and investigate waverly hills for only 99 dollars, but then you're adding that expense of somebody's got to pay to get out to kentucky and so now what a 99 dollar event now turns into a four or five hundred yeah but how many of these people that come to our events come from all of these other that's states true. that's <laughs> true we do i mean <laughs> we had uh, irene and karen who came to the uh, dead of summer event and and uh, irene left albany new york drove down to yep. brooklyn picked yep. up karen and then drove back up to <laughs> fall river so she made a huge triangle and she drove an, an insane amount of miles but that's i mean that's what people are do will do to come to some of these locations so so uh, you can find out more about these events, again, at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. Uh, I, may, I may even, depending on how the schedule shakes out, I may even give a little bit of a presentation there, too, about legend tripping and going to these locations and what it is that we do so that people have kind of a clearer idea. Because there were some questions at the USS Salem event. I mean, some people wanted to know how we expected to get you know, strong evidence of the existence of the paranormal out of one of these events. And the answer is we don't. We don't expect to get that. Because we yeah, can't. it's not an investigation per se. It's uh, an opportunity to be in the location. And that's why they're called legend trips, because you are just legend tripping. You're, you're just being part of the story and, and kind of experiencing. It's great to be able to bring all of your uh, devices with you and to bring your equipment with you and to, to try to apply what you would normally use in an investigation to these locations. But at the same time, it's also about getting back into the reason why we got into it in the first place, and that's... For the story, for the experience, and uh, for that connection. So that's why we tell people, you know, we we can't guarantee you a ghost. We can only guarantee you a good time. But we seem to have a lot of luck with phenomena taking place. So the the question everybody's asking me at the USS Salem is, when are you guys going back to the Houghton Mansion? (laughs) And And my answer was the same to everybody. If you're driving, 
as soon as we get off of this <laughs> ship, I'll call Josh right now and I'll say, hey, you know, we're coming down. Open up the doors. Uh, so we'll, we're going to try and work on going back out there, hopefully this spring, because that is probably the place now. People have read my blog post on WBSM.com. They've and heard us talk about it on the show. anybody that was there. <laughs> and, and that's what everybody talks about. The, it, was, it was such a small group that came to that event, too. Uh, but that group has spread that story around, those experiences around to everybody. And now people cannot wait to get out there with us. So hopefully we'll be able to do that again this spring. And, and Matt Costa, you have to come this time. I definitely want to. It's just incredible. Yeah, I've heard so many stories. And uh, we're lucky enough that there's so many awesome places for us to investigate right here within a short drive yeah. of where we live. Right. I mean, Fort Tabor. I mean, anybody that's ever been there and seen it, you can only imagine what it's like to uh, to investigate there. And, of course, Fearing Tavern, you know, who else gets to investigate a place that's over 300 years old? So to have these type of uh, locations be so quick, it's almost like it's, it's a shame that the Houghton Mansion's four hours away. You know, I want to get rich, like, like NBA all-star rich and buy my own <laughs> helicopter just to sh- kind of shuttle me back and forth out there. So if you want to donate to that, you can go to PayPal, <laughs> send it to Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. Yeah. Maybe a hot air balloon, a Zeppelin. Wow, we have a Zeppelin. <laughs> I, I would try a Zeppelin. Sure, just not a lead Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, that was don't all float down here. So, uh, But if you want to get involved with some of these events, maybe you have an idea uh, for a place that we could go and check out, info at legendtrips.com is the email for that. And I, you know how I know that we're, we're starting to become the recognized name in paranormal events is because we're now getting emails that are supposed to be for other events. So people have been emailing us with questions about, like, events that we don't have anything to do with. Uh, you know, like, what time should we be there? How, what's the best directions to get there? It's like, no, no, no. We're, huh? not, we're <laughs> not them. But that means that Legend Trips is the go-to name. So they just assume it's us because we're the best. And we are the best because of our regular Legend Trippers, some of whom are in the chat room tonight on SpookySouthCoast.com. So hello to all of you. And uh, hopefully you will all come out next sa- uh, next Sunday to the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. Uh, Moniz, you'll be hanging out there. Uh, I think An- Andy's coming up, right? Yep, Andy Lake, and uh, Matt Costa and myself will be there. Well, you gotta you gotta work here, Matt, right? But you'll I be do. over I afterwards. Do. I'll be there. What time you get out of here on Sundays? Uh, about twelve thirty. Yeah, so we'll yeah. just be getting yeah. rolling. We'll just be getting underway. And uh, we'll also have a number of paranormal groups there as well. If you want to come and uh, learn a little bit more about what they do and, and see if maybe you need some help or, or maybe somebody out there wants to join a group and has been thinking about getting involved in paranormal investigation and doesn't know how to go about doing it, why not come on down and meet some of these teams? I know a lot of them are actively recruiting new members, so you'll have your chance to see you know who might be the best fit for you and, and what your beliefs are and, and, and what your goals are in the paranormal. So come on down and discuss things with the groups. We're also going to have that sneak preview of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which will make its world premiere on October 20th at UMass Dartmouth. And we'll be talking with the filmmakers, Aaron Kadju and Manny Famolari, a lot closer to the premiere of that. And I know that they're also going to be on some of the other shows here on WBSM as well, discussing that event. It's going to be, that's just going to be huge. I can't wait to see people's reaction when they see the sneak preview of the film at the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair and, and realizing that this is going to be something that puts this area on the map. You know, the, the southeastern Massachusetts paranormal scene is, is going to become the go-to destination uh, for people seeking out paranormal phenomena. I got friends, of, you know, across the globe, as you know, and that's always one of the things that comes up in the emails back and forth. Anything new in, in the Bridgewater Triangle? 
So it's known around the world. And it soon will be if it isn't. If somebody doesn't know about it, they soon will. So uh, I'm just hoping that uh, you know that someday this film is going to get picked up on, on a massive level, and then everybody that goes to this premiere on October 20th is going to say, "Hey, I remember when, when that was just you know this independently produced film that was made by a, a South Coast resident, and uh, it'll be something that people will talk about at one of those touchstone moments in the paranormal world." So uh, again, we hope to see you all next Sunday. We will be here next Saturday night from whenever the Red Sox get over until midnight. And uh, we'll be discussing more about the South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair as well as a number of other paranormal topics. You can always go to SpookySouthCoast.com during the course of the week. We have great articles up there that you can read. Uh, of course, we have every episode that we've ever done is available on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. We have Spooky TV archives up on YouTube as well. And, uh, Matt, I know you've got the Week and Weird rolling up there. I do. Uh, pretty I do. much daily yeah. now there's something, right? Um, I don't know. Every other day, probably. Right. <laughs> so, on. and and of, uh, there's been a lot of stuff. Sometimes up. it's a slow news week. Right. Sometimes. But I do try to put new content up. Uh, we have a um, my friend of mine, uh, Josh McCausland, is gonna uh, put up some a few things that he finds on on the interwebs and things like that. So. And then also uh, we have the uh, uh, Twitter feed. At Spooky SC, yep. where there's also a number of stories up there, and people just keep retweeting those like crazy, and they keep making everybody's little Twitter newsletters. So that's when you know you've made it when Greg Kin is putting you in his uh, – yes, that Greg Kin, Greg Kin Band. <laughs> He's always uh, linking to stories that we put up on Twitter. So, All right, that about does it for this week's show. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday night. And until then, from Matt Moniz, Matt Costa, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.